In Jesus' name, amen. When it's time to end a prayer, you've probably noticed that some people conclude with a variation of, In Jesus' name, amen. You may have also heard, or even used, In Christ's name, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, in the name of our older brother, and so on. Why is that? There are two elements at work here, and while they're often combined into a single phrase, we'll look at each one separately. Asking in the name of Jesus Christ. Out of the four gospel writers, only John recorded a special promise that Jesus made to his disciples. After the Passover ceremony, during the final evening of his human life, he told them, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 14, verses 13 through 14. Before the evening was over, he emphasized that promise two more times. He reminded them, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. John 15, verse 16. And again, one chapter later, Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. John 16, 23. Even though it might look like it, this was not a promise that God is obligated to give us literally whatever we ask, as long as we ask for it in the name of Jesus Christ. If that were true, people would have been abusing that system for the past 2,000 years. Jesus restated that promise three different times, and every time it was accompanied by a reminder that our obedience to God is an important part of the equation. The first time, he followed it up with, If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. The second time, he prefaced it with, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. John 15, 14. The third time, he explained, The Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came forth from God. John 16, 27. Praying to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ is a reminder that our prayers need to be aligned with the will of God the Father and Jesus Christ. We pray for God's will to be done, so it makes sense that our requests should be ones that don't clash with God's will. Years later, John confirmed that in a letter to the church. Now this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. 1 John 5, 14-15 We can count on God to answer our requests when those requests align with his will. Does this mean we should only make requests that we are absolutely certain line up with the will of God? No, but it does mean we should make our requests with the condition that if God doesn't want it to happen that way, neither do we. Amen. In Matthew's account, in most manuscripts, the model prayer ends with an Amen. Luke's account, which may have been a summary, omits the word. The word Amen shows up in both the Old Testament and the New, and whether you're looking at it in Hebrew, Greek, or English, the word is nearly identical in pronunciation and meaning. It's a word used to either confirm the truth of something, or else express the desire that something be made true. Jesus often began his teachings with the word Amen, although in English we often see it translated as truly or assuredly. When he told his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 18, verse 3. He was literally saying, Amen, I say to you. He was assuring his listeners that what he spoke was true and trustworthy.
Thayer's Greek lexicon explains, It was a custom which passed over from the synagogues into the Christian assemblies, that when he who had read or discoursed had offered up a solemn prayer to God, the others in attendance responded, Amen, and thus made the substance of what was uttered their own. That custom still exists today. In our own private prayers and in response to public prayers, we often say Amen in conclusion. Strong's Concordance shows that an Amen at the end of sentences may be paraphrased by, So let it be. Interestingly, a passing comment by Paul confirms that even though the model prayer doesn't definitively end with the word Amen, it was certainly common enough in the early church. When he criticized the Corinthians for publicly praying in tongues, that is, praying in other languages, without anyone to interpret, he asked, How will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say Amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? 1 Corinthians 14, 16. Paul's words are also a reminder that when a public prayer ends, we should only respond with an amen of our own if we understand and agree with what's being said. And that's the reason behind the word. Saying amen at the end of our prayers is a formal confirmation to God that what we've prayed for is what we want to see happen. It's not a passing formality, but a weighty mark of our own approval of the words and content behind a prayer. Are either of these phrases necessary? But do we have to end our prayers this way? Does the Bible require and give examples of prayers ending with some variation of, in Jesus' name, amen? No. Many answered prayers in the Bible don't end with an amen. And though the New Testament doesn't give many examples of full prayers, no recorded prayer ends with, in Jesus' name. We shouldn't treat it as a magical phrase we have to insert unthinkingly if we want our prayers to be answered. So, why use it at all? because it is a helpful phrase that can remind us to examine the requests we're bringing before God. And even more importantly, remind us of the sacrifice that makes it possible for us to bring our request before God in the first place. Likewise, ending with Amen can help us keep in mind the magnitude of coming before our Creator in prayer. Concluding with a word that expresses our approval of and desire for everything we've just talked about might keep us from coming before God half-heartedly or flippantly. But, if we're not careful, either phrase can start to become pointless repetition in our prayers, words we use without actually thinking about why we use them. God doesn't want us on autopilot when we pray to Him. While there's certainly value and meaning in these words, that value disappears if our prayers become mindless recitals instead of conversations with our Maker. The important thing is remembering that the name and sacrifice of Jesus Christ makes it possible for you to share your innermost thoughts and requests with the Creator of the universe, the God who loves you, your Father in heaven.